What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down in the whole 305 South Florida region. You are tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is going to be presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. Your number to participate is 877-37-GRIND. Again, that is 877-37-GRIND or 877-374-7463. If you know what you want to talk about, like usual, it is open phone lines. <clears throat> All we ask you to do is be patient during the breaks and during the long segments and make sure you call during the sec during the breaks. And we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, uh, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, and I'll respond to those in real time. If not, I'll respond to them later. You can always go to the business Facebook page of SportsGrind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page, uh, and you can stream the show. And like I said, you can leave comments, and I'll read those accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the shows live, okay, um, or you're in a uh, market that doesn't carry the show on terrestrial radio, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can click the play button and you can listen live. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right. So uh, it is Tuesday. Uh, so we've got things continuing to roll on in the sports world. Of course, we're going to start here shortly. It's the NBA play-in game start tonight. Get uh, <clears throat> going between Minnesota and the Lakers. And then you have Atlanta in Miami. So we'll definitely start there here shortly. Um, and we got some other NBA off-the-court doings as well. Um, also, what else we've got here? We've got... Uh, MLB continues to go on. You have the Rays now that are inching closer to history of going 162 and 0. They've made it to 10 and 0. And a fun fact, this is the first time since 1987 that a team has gone 10 and 0. Um, it was the Milwaukee Brewers the last time that did it. So they're 10 and 0 and they're and like I said more impressive thing with them is just the, the amount of runs and what they're scoring. I mean, yesterday was a Kind of a low-scoring game compared to how many runs they put up, but they're 10-0. and 0, So baseball is continuing to, uh, in its early infant stages, uh, get going. Um, also, um, I mentioned this on Friday in regards to uh, Biden signing this act that's going against the, uh, you know, opposing the Protection of Women's Sports Act. Um, you have Sue Bird and a mix with about another 30-some athletes that are signing a petition to go against this act that Biden's trying to put into a rule to go against. Um, I gave my thoughts on this on Friday. I'll give my thoughts again since now we've got some uh, names to faces to who are putting their Hancock basically signature on this uh, proposal to go against this uh, women's uh, girl and women's act. Uh, but we'll talk about that uh, later on. And hopefully we can get to that sometime before we get out of here. Um, and the NFL, again, you know, most teams today are starting their offseason programs. We've got a trade in the NFL. We've got some other rumors that I've got to ask questions why I'm hearing about. And if it's so, it can only mean two things to me, in my opinion, um, in regards to um, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so we'll get to that here shortly. But let's start first. 
uh, with the playoffs. The well, these are the playing games. I mean, I refuse. I mean, the NBA's adopt this. It doesn't look like it's going anywhere. I mean, they're going to dump on the in-game tournament season tournament next year. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> we never did really get into that, but it's really no need to. But um, this is still part of the play-in to me. Okay. Um, I know the NBA kind of acknowledges as part of the playoffs, the playing game, but I reserve the right one through eight is traditional playoffs. I mean, all this is an ex extension of where we're at, where society, where everybody's got to get a trophy. Everybody's got to get a shot. So this is just an extension of playing games. That's what it is. This is not the playoffs to me until we get the one versus eight, four out of seven. But however, I'm going to cover it because that's what I, that's what I do. And this is a sports show. Uh, but we've got the first one tipping off. We've got Atlanta at Miami. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, I mean, I've told you I haven't really talked too much about Miami Heat this year because I just feel they're a team that, you know, has taken a little step back. I mean, remember last year they were the number one seed in the East, um, and remember that, and then they've kind of taken a step back, and a lot of it has to do with they're just very challenged to score. Uh, the basketball, uh, but they do host tonight the Atlanta Hawks, who uh, found themselves luckily backing into a play-in spot. Okay, um, they are catching five tonight. They're a five-point underdog. Uh, speaking of the Hawks, uh, but this is one of these that, due to the fact that Atlanta made a coaching change uh, through the course of the season, okay, and getting Snyder, which I'm a fan of, I think he's a good coach. Um, I give them a puncher's chance um, in regards tonight uh, to win this game pretty much outright because, for one, Miami just goes through their scoring droughts. Um, you know, they're going to bring the defense. You know, I know Jimmy Butler was said, I don't care about where the seed because he was asked about the underdog role. He just said, I don't care because y'all didn't pick us last year. We're number one seed and y'all ain't picking us this year. So it doesn't really matter to us. And it doesn't matter to me, which is fine. You know, I still think Jimmy needs more help. Um, you know, by, you know, he's, he's had a hell of a season. I think he's, I mean, he's almost become automatic in the paint, but you know, still it's pretty much him. They're missing a big piece. Uh, like I said, we've got to know since the bubble, Tyler Hero, those guys, he's a role player, you know, role player with good hair. That's pretty much about it. You know, what do you got? Well, and then just kind of like the underperforming uh, of Kyle Lowry, you know, has kind of impacted the potential of that team, or at least you'd feel like. Well, I think Kyle Lowry is, you know, he's at the stage of his career where I feel Kyle Lowry, this should be his time of year. He's not expected. I don't think you can expect Kyle Lowry with his injuries that he's kind of dealt with over the last couple of years, and especially where he's at in his career. I don't think you need to, you should have to depend on Kyle Lowry to carry you through 82. I mean, he's a veteran player that you want to be healthy and fresh around this time. But this just goes this just comes down to the lack of scoring ability. But it just comes down to particularly the way this roster is structured. I mean, it's not a bad roster, but they're just lacking firepower. And that's the reason why as bad as Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's a bad defensive team. Um, you know, I'll give them a shot because I think they can have actually score the ball and probably more on a consistent basis than even Atlantic. I mean, even though Miami can, but Miami will bring it in defense now. The interesting thing about this game tonight, because it has some off-the-court news uh, that's circulating, and it's going to make you wonder how Atlanta comes out tonight, but there's reports surfacing that Trey Young is pretty much green light. They have green light to listen to offers and trade Trey Young. Now, to me, this comes down straight from ownership. 
you know, when you say about you have the green light, meaning that's a situation where they looked at it and just said, hey, you know what, this is a guy. And I think it has a lot to do more in regards to his attitude and probably the way he's perceived around the uh, club and around the organization uh, more than just his play, his play on the court and his skill set, his lack of skill set uh, that he has. This has to do with leadership. So th- what this tells me is like, look, we're, we don't feel right paying this guy a bunch of gang of money, a super max contract and making him the face of this franchise. And especially you've gone through a coaching change now, because, again, I haven't been the biggest fan of Nate McMillan. Um, you know, I've always said that he's a guy that really can get you through the regular season, but I don't think Nate McMillan can get you over the hump. But this wasn't really on Nate McMillan. I think that he was in a tough situation with Trey. I mean, this started last year with him not taking the team playing back in a playoff game versus Miami, the same team. Um, and now this stems from the fact that ownership evidently has given the general manager green light to go ahead and trade, to put on the trade block. Uh, but this has a lot to do with me, in my opinion, that Trey hasn't showed enough behind closed doors that Atlanta is willing to go ahead and give him a supermax or make him, you know, if this is true, if this report's true, to make him actually the face of the franchise. And it's going to be interesting how him and DJ, they come out and play tonight. I mean, because normally, you know, these are veterans, you know, considering for the most part, speaking of uh, DeJounte Murray and you know, Trey, when you have things, especially when you have a new coach in Snyder that has some skins on the wall um, that's respected, you hear these trade rumors. I mean, everybody should be on notice. And if you want to stay or you want to stay to play play with each other, and this is with a goal that DeJounte and Trey said they, they told us in October or September they had it. You know, so you can't tell me that if you I mean, this is a time in a playing game to really show ownership and the coaching staff that, hey, you know what, we, we want to give this thing some time. So it's going to be interesting with these reports circulating, what kind of effort Atlanta, what kind of what Atlanta Hawks team shows up tonight. Uh, the report coming from Kevin O'Connor of the mm-hmm. uh, Ringer. Uh, really points to the fact that, and in, citing you know Shams and and Sam mm-hmm. Amick, um, you know, points to the side that players sided with uh, McMillan in the locker room as opposed to Trey Young. And so, even though the franchise itself went ahead and stuck by Trey Young, the players reportedly wanted to keep McMillan. So this definitely seems like that kind of question. We talked about it at the time of the firing. This is now two head coaches he's forced out of town uh, in his, what, four years in Atlanta. And so now if you're DeJounte Murray, because there's, there's, there's two points here, uh, one that speaks to the team itself and then one that speaks a little bit more regionally down here in Texas. But first fact is, or first question or, or point there, is you're DeJounte Murray. You went to do, you were, you were your own star in San Antonio. Uh, a young rebuilding team, you weren't really, a lot of uncertainty on the horizon. If you're now in Atlanta and Trey Young is on the trade block, depending on what you can acquire for Trade Young, and that could maybe be another star, or this already he's getting the reputation of kind of maybe a locker room problem, what the returns could be diminished on Trey Young. If you're DeJounte Murray, how do you feel about finding yourself in this situation? You got to choose, you know, according to all reports we heard, the, the Spurs sent him kind of where he wanted to go, to, uh, to a teammate, uh, 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 to a Batman to who, whom he could be Robin. Mm-hmm. And now you have these reports. 
I want to start there, and then I'll come back to the regional after you. Well, I mean, I keep, you're kind of over there on the, around the map. I get what you're trying to say in regards to how do you think DeJounte's feeling and then Trey. Wait a minute, you said this is second co. Who was there before Nate McMillan? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Pierce uh, forced him out because McMillan came in and, and w- took over head coaching duties for Pierce in, what, uh, 2019? Yeah, go ahead and check that one. Uh, but, um, Nate, I, I can't remember exactly all what went down there, if that timeline's correct. I thought it was probably, you know, Nate was there from his rookie year on, maybe not. But I just focus on more with, with, with Nate. Um, if, if that's what the report is, is that the team, the players, chose sides with Nate and then regards to more than Trey Young. Yeah, Lloyd then, Pierce. Okay, then that just shows and tells me that it's still what I said. It's a lack of leadership, man. He's not a leader and, and he's I mean if you have and the and the his teammates and like I said nothing's more important than how your peers feel about you especially if you're on your same team or even just your peers in the league that's a bad knock on Trey because I think he does have a talent he needs I mean he's in the same boat as Luca is they got to at some point in their career if they're going to be considered one of the best players on their respective teams no matter where they end up playing uh, you know team on they're going to have to make somewhat commitments on the defensive end they're never going to be Gary Payton defensively they're not going to be Scottie Pippen you know Bruce Bowen guys like that they're never going to be defensive guys like that but the type of effort that both of those players make on the other defensive end it's a reason why both of their teams were ranked very at the bottom in defense pretty much all season long speaking of the Mavericks and the Hawks so to me that's just an indictment what that report tells me that's an indictment on Trey Young's leadership skills and leaders and this is the situation that owners in the NBA are forced with especially when you're coming up and talking about having a guy that's going to be due uh, for a supermax contract. You, I mean, it, they're 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 feel fearful right now in the NBA because there's a couple things. You got guys that really, you know, you can give them a supermax, you can lock them in, but you know what? If you can't keep them happy and they say they want out, you're going to have to move them. Number two is when do you want to commit that kind of guaranteed money to guys that you feel like, damn, if the locker room didn't ride with you and they side Nate, then that's the thing. But see, that even tells me that there's a, still a mistake that ownership made or this current GM or whoever uh, made because if that's the case and you read the room that way and you still decided to go ahead and part ways with Nate McMillan or just not come in and tell Trey like look man he's not going anywhere at least for this season so you can play we're in the middle of a playoffs uh, race right now this is to- this is talks they should have had at him prior to firing Nate McMillan and then but they didn't so therefore you gave him more control so now it comes down to right before the you know the night of or the eve of a play-in game You'd somebody leaks it and it probably came from the Atlanta's organization to put it out there to say, hey, the green light is he's pretty much we're open for business if you want to talk about Trey Young. So it's not a good look on him. I mean, the one thing I mean, it's the same thing I've said about Zion. It's the same thing that I've said about other young guys. I'm not the one to rush and quick to call anybody a bust or like, hey, this guy's not going to pan out because, again, I've told you it's uh, it's proven uh, whether you want to admit it or not. Men, adult men, young men mature a lot slower than our counterparts and females. Okay, Um, I'm 46 years old and I probably still have some immaturities about me that you figure they should be done with already by the time I'm 46. But they're not. And that's just the reality when you're dealing with young men that are wealthy. 
that are coming in and have the limelight and all that. You got to have a right head on your shoulders. And Trey was coached hard by his dad, you know, when he played at OU and coming up, his dad was a coach that was hard on him. So it's not that I'm trying to present this, that Trey Young grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth. But at the end of the day, when you get that money and you get that and you're playing in Atlanta, ATL, it's one of those situations where there's a lot of distractions and I get and I take it that whole fiasco a couple years ago uh, in regards to the garden in New York and that whole run and that and the whole, you know, excuse me, taunting the crowd and going through all that, that kind of stuff can go to somebody's head. And you and you and at that point, you think you made it and you really haven't done anything. So this was leaked, in my opinion, through the organization to put it out there. And this is really an indictment if it's the fact that it's really two wrongs to make a right. But the upper management made a big mistake in regard to siding with him. If that's the case, if you read the room wrong, remember, we had that theme last week. They read the room wrong. So we'll talk more about that. You can comment to that. Also, when we get back, I'll touch on Minnesota and the Lakers. We've got some thoughts about that as well, too. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are brought Broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Keep in mind, Specs, if you're looking to check out what the latest new products are, or you know what you want, you just want to deliver it deliver straight to your doorstep, always don't forget SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 877-37-GRIME. 
All right. So before we went to the Minnesota LA, you wanted to you wanted to add something in on the uh, Trey Young situation before we moved on. Yeah. So uh, like I said, I had two points there, and so the second one is a little bit more regionally based here. All right. Uh, you look at and, and I know you had your criticisms for uh, the Atlanta front office. Um, regarding the Trey Young situation, regarding coaching. Well, they did make a GM change back in December, if you remember. Uh, Landry Fields was promoted to general manager. Now, Landry Fields has San Antonio ties. He was the general manager of the Austin Spurs. Uh, spent time, I think he actually played for the Spurs at one point, and spent time around Pop. Now, you go ahead and then you look at him getting promoted in Atlanta. Then he hires Quinn Snyder, another, another right. one yeah. with San Antonio ties. And then now he's looking to a point where DeJounte Murray might be his star kind of moving forward. So interesting notes there. But then it gets a little bit more for your regional base. If in our backyard here in San Antonio, mm-hmm. if the Hawks implode in this sense to where they move Trey Young, now it's look, they're certain, their future looks more uncertain than, than anything. Remember the trade that was done for DeJounte. The immediate return would have been the Hawks or the, the Hornets pick this year, top 16 protected. The, the Hornets did a lot worse than projected. They're going to hold on to their pick. There's three other first round picks involved in that deal, though, and that, those are Atlanta's picks. Not this year and not next year, but in 2025, they own Atlanta's, the Spurs own Atlanta's pick. In 2026, they own the right for a pick swap, San Antonio does, to swap with Atlanta for their pick. And then again in 2027, the Spurs own Atlanta's first round pick. So when everybody was looking at this in the immediacy, and you're like, oh, oh cool, we got DeJounte, but we don't get picks for, the, for a while now. We just gave the Hawks our best player kind of perception. Now you've got a situation where the Hawks might be in the next two, three, four years, a lot worse off. And the Spurs are said to own those picks or the or the right to the Hawks picks in those three seasons, 2025, 2026, and 2027. I mean, I think... the Spurs ties uh, there, front office, coaching. It's wild, man. But I think that's, a, I mean, that's, a, that's wishful thinking. I mean, for a couple of reasons, because I if you put it out like that, I'm still taking the media picks there. There could have been better unprotected. It seems like the Spurs never trade with anybody without getting unprotected picks. OK, I mean, let's just be real. Their trading capabilities have not been great over the last. I don't care if it's under this guy, Brian or whatever his name is, or Ian. And y'all know how I feel about R.C. Buford. But the last few from the the, the quad trade or whatever. It hasn't it hasn't been good, in my opinion. So the way you lay it out, that's wishful thinking, because first of all, when you hire a coach like Snyder and keep in mind, Atlanta is it has the potential to be a destination where guys want to go play. Okay, Um, that's Chocolate City. I mean, that's the culture in Atlanta. Atlanta's not going to be down. To the bottom that in in another three four years, even if it's a situation where you trade off trade this off season, and let's say if you're gonna quote unquote blow it up to a certain extent, you're probably still gonna hold on to Dejounte, and then you're gonna build around him. But the free agent part, see, that's the thing that people have to realize that a lot of locals, even in my backyard, fail to realize is that when they look at situations of rebuilds or this team's going through it or this team rebuilds, they never take in the fact of like, the, yeah, the teams you talk about, they can play the free agency game 
as of the way the Spurs are structured, the way they've been structured and who's running it, they can't play that game. Now, when that day comes and pop moves on and things are different, maybe that changes. You know, maybe people look at the city and the franchise in a different light. But the way it's structured right now, the Spurs can't play the free agent game. Atlanta can. So Atlanta's not going to be down that long. Them picks ain't. I mean, yeah, there's a chance that those picks down the road could turn into, you know, a mid first round or how first round. But the chances of that happening, in my opinion, especially Atlanta playing in the East, that's not that great. That's not great at that. That was a go. I see you working, but that was a borderline go go gadget. Not all the way go go gadget, but it was it was it was one of Jonas' specials there. Uh, let's see. We got Adam Martinez checking in. Calvin, when I look at both Trey and Luca, I think they lack that killer and leadership instincts. You never question those traits in Michael, Kobe, and Tim. I don't think these two guys are alpha dogs. Your thoughts? By the way, I'm getting my notes ready for the NFL and who my Cowboys draft. I got you, Adam. Um, I will say that first of all, those are those are tough guys that you that you put, you know, to even Luca and Trey in. I mean, you're talking about, you know, possibly, you know, Mount Rushmore candidates there when you're talking about Michael, Kobe, and Tim. There's hardly anybody that's going it's very few people in any professional sport that are wired like those three individuals. I, that's just facts right there. So it's a little unfair even for Luca and Trey to say, hey, they, they don't have that killer institute with Kobe. I see you working at it, but there's a lot of players that don't in a lot of sports. That's what makes those guys special. I think with Trey, it's just the maturity factor. And I and I think with Luka, it's borderline the same thing. I think both guys, when you look at them, and this is the difference that I've said, and this is this is what affects a Trey. This is what affects the Luka. Um, this is what affects those guys that – you know, are not wired like maybe some of the greats or elites. And I've said this. The problem, I mean, NBA has quite a few problems. I, I think the way they market the game, I think the players, the young players of the game, I think the NBA is okay in a good state. It's not horrible. But the problems and the challenges they have and that come back to bite them in the ass and the reason why you get the effort you get from Luca or Trey or you get an organization that says, hey, it's green light to trade Trey Young. Because in this day and time, especially NBA, a lot of these guys, Guys, bar is lowered for what we measure at success and especially what we measured from a standpoint of endorsements and dollars off the court. See, you used to have to win to get endorsements, the pitch products. You, I mean, I don't care if it was McDonald's. I don't care what it was. You had to win. Mike won. Larry Magic, they won. You know, but now if you're just an all-star in the NBA – or you got millions of Twitter followers, or you make top 10 sports center highlights every night, you are rewarded and you have a bunch of companies and Fortune 500 companies that want to come put their brand with you just because you got the following. So what the what the result of that is, what the cause and effect that is, you get guys like Luke and Trey to start smelling their own piss too early in their career and think they really made it accomplish something when they ain't won yet. That's the problem. The guys in the 90s, the guys in the 80s, those guys, you had to win to get the money off the court, to get the notoriety, to get the glamour. Like they, they're in promos, they're in commercials, they're endorsed. That's part of the problem of what manifests in a guy that's you're talking about. When we talk about Luke and Trey, we're talking about two talented individuals. Okay. I mean, they're at the highest level in NBA, but the reality of it is, is that, that what separates the greats and just, if you're an all-star first team, all pro is that in you that you can't see a measure about your work ethic and how much, how long do you stay hungry? 
How long do you want to sit there and be before you can? I've told you with Luca, he's just become Americanized. That's his problem. He just got over here and got Americanized. Uh, Trey, it, it. I mean, and not only that, I think Luca has you know heard and felt too many pats on the back for him, too. But Trey, I think that's all what it's about. It's too much love and it's too much instant success and gratitude in regards that comes off the court that makes players like that. Because not everybody can handle that. You know, Shaq came in the league with endorsements. I mean, he wasn't no pitch man like he is right now. He's on every other damn commercial on your TV. But when he came in the league out of LSU into Orlando, the money was there off the court. But you know the difference with Shaq is Shaq basically stayed hungry because he wanted to be one of the greats. And all he needed was a guy like Phil Jackson to come in. Okay, and be a little drill sergeant and say, hey, man, you got to get in better shape. We're going to work you hard and really get the best out of him. But Shaq never never stopped to smell his own piss. And this guy was doing rap videos. He was dropping tracks. He sold went diamond. Some of his some of his albums sold millions of copies, but he's cut from a different breed. He still hasn't stopped. No, he hasn't. But the point of it is, is that he can handle it. You know, it didn't ever go to Shaq's head where it basically stopped his wanting to be dominant on the court, however that was. I mean, you can sit there and say, oh, well, he didn't make free throws. Well, I get it. He was dominant, though, on the court. That's the thing. He didn't get these guys here. And I'm not just picking these two dudes, but they're because this goes on. And it's really a problem in NBA more than any other sports because NBA is like that. I mean, NBA is a team is a is a league that is driven pretty much by social media as well, too. So if you got if you got followers, if you got uh, if you got some success of all stars at first teams, that's the problem that NBA and Adam Silver is fighting as well. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven grind. OK, moving on. Uh, Minnesota and L.A. Uh, tonight, um, Lakers are coming in at a eight point favorite, eight and a half up to most books that it's up to eight and a half. So they're a big favorite. Now, granted, um, this is a play in as well too. Uh, keep in mind, I told y'all going out, LeBron was opposed to this in 2020 and just said, Hey, I don't know how I feel about that. And even had some guys come back and, you know, come by and co-sign for him on that. Well, he finds his Lakers fortunate to be a play in, to be in a play in game because you talk about damn near missing the playoffs in general, but they get Minnesota and we all know Minnesota's coming in shorthanded uh, tonight. Uh, no Rudy Gobert. Uh, they also without their guard who punched the wall and thought the wall was going to give back. He broke his hand. He's out. Uh, so they're coming in a team that had success last year that made their run as a young team. But you know how I've told you all season long, you know, they got out the gate slow. And for whatever reason, they thought that Rudy Gobert could be the missing link and the veteran that could come in and offer some leadership to this young team. And they gave up a plethora of first round picks. And it's pretty much to this point haven't got dividends on it yet. And he's not there tonight. This is the reason why they brought him here for a play-in slash playoff type of situation game. And he won't even be in the building. Now, there's other audio that I've heard that's been leaked in regards to this whole exchange. You know, because yesterday we heard that he kept calling the B-word, the female dog. Well, now it's come out that basically Otto's been picked up that Kyle Anderson kept saying, hey, y'all, ba- after the punch, y'all baby him too much. That's the problem. Y'all baby him too much. You know, this and that. Now, look, when you first of all, there's two things of that. Remember where Kyle was drafted and where he came from. Okay, it's been some few years since he's been here. He's been in Memphis after here already had a stop at Memphis. He's been basically now uh, playing with Minnesota. But keep in mind where he played under when he was came in this league and even that going to Memphis, meaning accountability and everybody is coached and everybody is treated a certain way. 
Okay. Um, he's calling him out on that. But when you have a role player, which Kyle Anderson is, be willing to sit there and spew that out. Because remember yesterday I told you, normally teammates, when they get this happen, they'll try to separate. There was guys running to Kyle's defense that wanted to fight Rudy too. That's a problem. Okay. Now, he was also quoted saying, y'all have a decision to make this summer. Wow. Wow. You know, um, if Kyle's talking like that, you'd have to wonder that's probably 80% of the locker room feeling that way about Rudy Gobert as well. And it's not going to bode well the fact that he did a selfish act, probably was upset because he knew Kyle was right. Either it was about running back on defense, a misrotation over, defense assignment, something like that, that Kyle just said, you know what, somebody got to step up. And basically say something to him. And at the end of the day, he let his emotions, speaking of Rudy Gobert, get the best of him. And this is something he's never going to live down. This is always going to be with him the rest of his career. You know, and then when somebody brings it up, he's going to get irritated again. A la what I thought happened to Scottie Pippen in the last dance. You know, that's why Scottie's been running around with the red ass. You know, besides Mike getting with his ex, Mike's son getting with his ex-wife. You know, um... He's pissed off because there was a generation of people that didn't even know about the towel incident, didn't even know about refusing to check back in the game. And he got in his feelings because Mike put that in there, and it's a lot of people. But, well, Scotty, you know what? You did it. You did it. And the sad thing about it is he hit the shot, and they won the game. So you got to own that. And I think this is going to be one of those situations that Rudy Gobert is going to look at that's going to be part of his legacy, whether it's fair or not. So uh, the Lakers, look um, – it really comes very simple with L.A. Tonight's game, on to the next of the series. It just comes down to how much and how healthy can Anthony Davis and LeBron James be going through the playoffs. I think this team um, definitely uh, got to give Palenque, Rob Palenque, a little bit of credit. Uh, I think you got to give Darvin Ham some credit as well because the way this team was structured at the beginning of the season and the struggles and the way they went into the All-Star break and before the trade deadline, before they made moves, it was looking bad. Now, you know, some people be like, wow, you know, I know LeBron caught a couple, some heat in regard to saying, hey, man, you know, to be in this play-in situation or consider that we finish above 500, that's impressive. Now, some people look at that lower in the bar like, what are you talking about, man? You're LeBron. But I feel kind of where LeBron's coming from because it was a situation where it didn't look good, especially the amount of games Anthony Davis missed, which is you, which is norm, par for the course. And even though the amount of games LeBron has missed, it is I can see where LeBron's coming coming you know from. Uh, but really, this is one of those situations to where. I think L.A., the defensive side, and what I want to know is how much is Minnesota going to miss Rudy Gobert tonight just from a standpoint of on the glass? You know, how, you know, how bad or how, you know, what kind of, what Minnesota adjustments are they going to be able to make, to make to keep Anthony Davis off the glass and the Lakers off the desk? I think they can make it competitive. It's going to be interesting. The same thing I said about Atlanta. Now, this is on a different scale. Now, you got that report circulating maybe with Trey Young and how they're going to come out tonight with Miami. But if you look at Minnesota, you know, with this, this is something that can either draw a team together Okay, due to the fact the organization finally said, you know what, you stay away. Okay, because keep in mind, this isn't an NBA. I mean, the Minnesota could have fined him, and he could have been there tonight. But they elected and chose to send him home or to keep him away, not let, not make the trip. 
So that brings volume. So we'll see. Is this a situation where the T-Wolves, they rally around this? I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game kind of stays competitive, you know, for the most part. But I think at the end of the day, with Anthony Davis and LeBron and some help off the bench and defensively, they're probably going to be a little bit too much for the T-Wolves tonight. 877-37-GRIND. Um, also, circling back off the court, NBA, before we move on, uh, definitely I'll give once we get the round set by the end of this week, I'll give my picks for all the rounds before we get tipped off. Uh, but want to bring it back a little bit uh, to the 210 region. Uh, you know, as we know that the Spurs season uh, concluded um, in Dallas, we understand where they sit, you know, um, I think tied for what the second worst record in the league. Um, and we understand what's at stake with the draft and that. Well, I think Pop addressed the media yesterday. Um, you know, of course, you know, after the game, the pregame and after the game, you know, he spent a lot of time, uh, you know, addressing the uh, the gun situation, legislatures and, you know, politicians and stuff. And I touched on that. Um, but he, he spent some time talking about this season and this group of guys. Okay. And uh, just taking from paraphrasing from the content, a lot of it, just give you the gist of it, was a lot of... I'm proud of these guys and a lot of, um, you know, they didn't give up. They stuck together. I'm proud of them. It was enjoyable. They improved. I really saw that to the bond. And did I mention again, I'm proud of them and it's real good. Look, I understand the reasoning of the message to a certain extent, but I also, I also feel and think, I'll finish that when we come back from the break. That's one of those to be continued. Did he get shot? Did JJ die? Tune in tomorrow. God, it used to piss me off. That was way before even TV or anything. I'm like, man, what the hell? You know, I have to arrange your whole day just to make sure you're right there back when it came online. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Scott Online Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. 
From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.